0: Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your Micropolitan Matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town.
1: Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region.
0: Hello. Hello, hello. We are back after a little little end of summer vacation and we're so excited to start basically what we're counting as season 3 of the Micropolitan Matchmakers podcast. Crazy. Happy Thursday, everybody. Excited Very to be happy. Here.
1: And if you are watching our video podcast, I apologize I'm not on screen because I had a little bit of a mishap today when I helped a friend of mine who's an esthetician use a new machine that she was thinking about buying and um my face is literally bright red and itchy and irritated so i am here i'm smiling i have a glass of cab sav like i'm all good but just fyi
0: happy we feel here. the energy we feel it gab coming right good, from good you. That's and so i I, th- I guess on that note since that will not be your heart take i can offer a heart take for this week Um, as my dog is really trying to play with a squeaker toy underneath me right now, and I'm going to hide it behind me. Okay. So my heart take for this week, as folks who have listened for a little bit to our podcast know, I'm a big reader of relationship development books. I love attached. I talk about, um, attached is probably my favorite. I talk about make your move. Uh, I have a book club. So if anyone's interested in joining, hit the email in our, our show notes and let me know, but I really found, I think it might be my favorite relationship read to date. It's so good. It's so well put together. It's easy, tangible advice. It's stuff that I agree with. It kind of really blew my mind open on, uh, things that I talk with my own coachees about in terms of how to be a little bit more oh. minded in your dating journey. Um, but it is called how to not die alone by Logan Yuri, And Logan is a relationship scientist. And she's actually, I believe she's the chief research officer at Hinge. Um, and she's she's just super interesting. She offers a little bit of her own dating background. She offers a lot about her um, clients that she works with. She's also a dating coach on the side and a matchmaker as well. And I, I love it. So Gab, you have not read this yet, right? But you purchased it.
1: I just ordered it the other day when Becky was telling me about the book and Becky, it sounds to me like you just finished the book, but you've already been applying it to your dating life. So I sure have, I sure have just just Um, a high level of what that's been like.
0: Well, one of the things that I think was really interesting without digging too deep, because we have a very juicy guest to get to today. Um, but especially given her role in working with Hinge, one of the first like early things in the book is is really talking about extending the parameters if you are choosing to date online and the things that you might filter people out for that aren't entirely fair. And, you know, I will share a big one for me as I swipe. I have certain visions in my head or assumptions that I make about people who put a particular political affiliation in their hinge profile. And she kind of claps back and will say, you know, like that could mean a lot of different things to someone Mm -hmm. and you don't know until you ask them. So if there are other things in their profile, why are you just going to X someone out of your hinge based on this. And it's something that has bubbled up recently, um, actually not on Hinge, but in someone that I was introduced to recently um, as kind of a setup where maybe there are some ideological differences. And I was thinking through like, would I have hearted this person on Hinge if I had seen their profile? Um, And he is not someone who's choosing to partake in online dating. So I will never know the answer to this question, but it really made me think through how I filter people when I choose to, to be dating online. So I, I can't wait for others to read it. And for those listening or watching this podcast in real time, I'll be running the book club about this book, um, on October 4th, it's a Tuesday at six o'clock. So, um, the email address will be in the show notes. And if you're interested in discussing it with a group of single people, mostly ladies, but every so often a man will join us. um, please join because it's a, it's a really good group. And I think this book has a lot to offer.
1: I love it. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to read it all in one night, probably. Stay away. I feel like you, you know. might. i, I feel might. like, you I love this stuff. I live for it. <laughs>
0: I'm so but excited. I'm, I'm at no. I'm bringing. I'm bringing our guest on, and Gabby, I'm going to turn it to you to do a little intro.
1: <laughs> awesome. I am so excited to introduce Katie O'Malley Maloney, who is the founder and a wedding planner at KDO Weddings and Events, and. I'm going to let Katie really just like jump in, introduce herself. She is like the queen of sparkle and love in the <laughs> Capital Region. So Katie, tell us about yourself, How, what you do, how you ended up here, and why love is such a big part of your life.
2: Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you, Becky and Gabby. Cheers to you both. For having the initiative and the drive and the dedication to other singles in this area, because if you were around ten years ago, I definitely would have been participating. Which um, we will definitely
1: dive into. We're going to get into that.
2: Can't <laughs> wait. So I, yes, as Gabby said, I own KDO Weddings and Events, and I love love. I am in the business of sharing other people's love stories. So when you guys, um, when we had a little chat about what you guys do and what we do, and I just, I thought, what of what better of a collaboration than getting together with smart, forward-thinking women in this region that want to find other people love? Um, to me, I was always the girl that... You you heard it right, like oh you just know you <laughs> know. And as a wedding planner, not finding the person, it was very right. hard at times. And being okay. in the dating pool and being out there, um, I focused a lot on work. I focused a lot on my business and growing that before I paid attention to much of anything else. So mm-hmm. now I'm almost thirteen years in business um, wow. in a very uh, happily, very successful business in this region that does showcase couples that you know, found each other in a various, um, number of ways. Um, mm-hmm. and we get to literally almost every weekend for most of the year, get to celebrate that with people. And it gives, it fills my soul. Like it's amazing that that is what I get paid to do. I don't even call it a job. This is just what I get to do. Yeah. Every day.
0: <laughs> I get goosebumps hearing you talk about it. I am so that girl that just like, and I, when we started this conversation, even just come in, I like got all chills and I know I'd seen you around and we'd met like kind of
2: here and there but I'm like Katie wants to talk to us this is very exciting I followed you on on the gram for quite a while thank you you so much and I really just I love connecting with other talent, like as I said talented young women in business that have their shit together am I allowed to swear yeah (laughs) love it it we're good (laughs) it's not the sparkliest of things but I'm gonna be real (laughs) I love it.
1: So we have so many things to ask you. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So Katie, you, like you just said, you were single when you founded this business, right? And you felt like, um, you know, you're helping all of these people celebrate their love and their special days. What did that feel like as a single person, you know, working through that and how did you stay positive about finding love? Because I, I, I'll speak for myself. I'm 30 years old. I'm single. I've been single for a long time. I've dated a lot, you know, I've had situationships um, and I focus a lot on my career, but sometimes, you know, it can be frustrating that it feels like so many parts of my life are, are going well in the direction I want them to, but then there's this one branch where I keep getting stuck. So can you talk a little bit about that and like maybe give some advice Amen. to somebody who might be feeling that way?
2: A Amen, little bit, sister. you guys are going to have to time me because I can talk a lot a bit. About <laughs> okay, so in a nutshell which is not going to be a nutshell. Um, I will tell you that a lot of my success, both I believe in my career and in my love life stemmed from a not healthy, an unhealthy relationship. Mm. So when I was younger, um, I was dating like everyone else. Um, not a lot until like I was older to be quite honest. Like I, I, you know, I, what? People want to know age. Oh, okay. You need to know ages. Okay. So <laughs> I started my business, um, when I was 32, 32, 33. Okay. So KDO Weddings and Events was founded. Um, after I worked for somebody else, I learned about what not to do in business. I left in very, on very good terms. Um, at the time I had reconnected with a high school friend. So, um, it was this not real relationship, sort of a relationship that we had in high school, but it was never fully a relationship. So he and I connected. I was like, oh my gosh, it was, it was just like total, like we're in love. This is great, whatever. So Mm -hmm. I was in a position living in someone else's home, um, running an apartment and I, and I didn't love where I was. So he's like, let's move in together. Great. So we moved in together and very, very soon after that, I ignored a lot of red flags, a lot of signs that sadly, Mm -hmm. even though he is someone I did love as a human and as a friend, he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was in a very difficult situation living there and I I felt like I was failing. Um, I was finishing up this job where I was unhappy. I didn't know what was gonna be next. I had a very, very, um, supportive male, male friend that was just a friend, um, who said, Mm -hmm. why are you doing this? Like he was very concerned about me as a person, but also knew that I had the talent of, you know, starting my own business and I could do what I love and make it happen. So everything kind of all happened at once where I realized I made a really difficult decision and I, I had to move out and I crashed with friends over the summer and put all Mm -hmm. my stuff in storage literally the storage unit was 1313. That was the number of the storage unit. Yeah. 13. And I, <laughs> I was like, this is awful. Um, and I was like, what do I do right now? Right. I'm at this crossroads right. I was in a job. I hated, I was in this relationship that I thought was going to go somewhere that completely ruined me basically. Like, cause everything was done. Like we didn't have a friendship anymore. Like I couldn't help him help himself, um, lived with some friends. And then I was like, all right, this is when I can either, you know, take this giant risk, start my own business. I wasn't living anywhere that I was committed to. Cause I was like, again, crashing with friends. And I was, like, I was like 32, 33. So I moved in with my parents as much as wow. that. Um, and I didn't want to do it. I knew that it was a safe place to be. I knew that I could kind of get my feet under me. And in the course of living there, starting my business, I ended up finding a roommate, moved out, and I just, that at that point, it was like all in on business, all in on yeah. making KDO work, KDO weddings and events work, and nothing else mattered. Nothing. right? Literally. Like, I didn't yeah. care about my personal life. I mean, I, I love my friends and family, but it was like, I am going to do this business and I'm just going to full on commit to it. This is so inspirational for us as,
0: uh, at the point of the journey that Gabby and I are on too. So I just need to take a quick pause and thank you because that's a conversation we have a ton yeah. about just focus and get it, get it done and get it built.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard because I I always feel like people look at KDO weddings and events or look at my Instagram personality or my personality as like a a social being and everything looks like it just came or maybe it was easy or this was sparkly and whatever. But like, ultimately the reason I am where I am is because I was in a toxic, terrible relationship that I knew how to get out of. I needed help. You know, I kissed a lot of frogs. He wasn't the only one. I dated emotionally unavailable men that I thought were going to be great. I dated this guy that lived in Colorado and we had this long distance. I met him in an airport. It was so textbook romance novel, right? So I'm like, this is going to happen. He's going to, I don't know what I thought we were going to do. He broke up with me like the day before a huge wedding and I had to go show up to the wedding and like, oh, happy. Oh, so many frogs, you guys, like, and all my friends were like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. who are you? Like, and why you're you... like
1: this, right. You're this amazing, motivated, ambitious, beautiful woman. And it's so interesting because even before I met you, Katie, yes. and I was just starting my business and I was very in tune with like the Troy scene. I was living in Troy. And of course I would walk by your office and see your yeah. sign. Um, I started following you on Instagram. And I remember I have two posts from literally probably years ago that you posted about you and your now current husband and how you quote unquote kiss so many frogs and, you know, hang in there. And like, I, and I sometimes will, I save them because the reason I save them is so that I can go back to them and remind myself that like, yeah, you can be like this boss ass bitch, like this awesome woman and feel like you have everything going for you. And all your friends are like, what the hell? Like, you're awesome. I don't know why you keep dating these like douchebags and like, there's still a possibility to find love. And honestly, it just like brings me, it centers me sometimes if I need to go back and look at that.
0: And Katie, before you answer, because obviously the follow-up question is, you know, how did you find your husband and tell us a little about your love story, but to add in the layer, which is I think something Gabby and I now struggle with as we talk about dating and we're matchmaking with other people, but we're both single women. You are in the business of love. During all of this. And so, yes, I want to get to your love story, but also just that mindset and where you were at and how you kind of navigated being a single woman in the business of love.
2: That's a great question because I think a lot of why I was grounded, and to be quite honest, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had pity parties, guys. Everybody around me was getting engaged and finding yeah. their one. I, it, seriously. I was one of the last single people that I knew. I feel that. (laughs) It's my friends and family. It's that I took at that time stock in what was good in my life, which was all of these friends that had plus ones or had, were starting families or my, my, my family members. And I put all of my passion and my love and my support to them. Right. Because they wanted me around. So I never felt like I, I, I was missing anything other than, that other person. Does that mean? My life was full. Yeah, I totally. finally got to the point where I got over the pity parties and I was like, you know what, as opposed to obsessing about this, cause I was on match dating myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how these <laughs> work. So, um, uh-huh. but I was on match three times on and off until I met me until I met Nate
1: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah. I dated a bunch of people, nothing ever came of it. Maybe some like two, three months, four months here and there, but nobody worth writing home about. Yeah, And I was tired. Like I was exhausted. I was like, I can't do this. Like I have other things to be doing other than like working to find someone to marry basically. Right.
0: And it okay. feels like work. I think in a lot of the, especially if you choose to online, that that's one of the things I hear from my clients the most is that it's exhausting and it feels like work. So that's a, a big part of our podcast. And with my coaching is trying to bring the fun Back to dating, but it's it's hard. Mm
2: -hmm. Very, very.
1: (laughs) So, did you meet Nate on Match?
2: So, funny story. Remember the guy in Colorado that I met in the airport, right? Yeah. Yeah, So, I was dating him in like. Let me. I have to check my notes. This is so bad. In like 2012, I think. Mm -hmm. So, I was dating him again. Totally, like the he lived three thousand million miles away, and I thought that was okay. But it was, you know, what it was. It was what I needed, because. Mm filled that void of somebody that was like sort of my person that I could see when I could see but I didn't have to feel like I wasn't like if I was working till eight o'clock at night I didn't feel bad for like not being available because right I talk on the phone you know what I mean like it was this weird like emotionally unavailable physically unavailable like because he lived so far away but I could still do my thing and be successful right. and on that and not yeah. feel guilt right you don't mm-hmm. want to feel guilty for not giving them the time right. And feeling like, oh, I have this big business that I'm working on. And they're like, oh, you don't have time for me. Wow, wow, you know? Right. So at, at that time, I was dating him. Nate, at the time, um, was, I think, single. We had a mutual friend. She texted mm-hmm. both of us individually.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: she said to me, oh, are you dating anyone? I have someone I think you could, I could set you up with. I go, oh, actually, I am seeing someone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Damn it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks anyway. She texted Nate the same exact text. He's like, show me a picture. Of, of course. course. Right. She sent him a picture. He goes, redheads are crazy. Not interested. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> so about a year before we were to actually meet, we decided to not meet each other, basically. We're like, we're not interested in one another.
1: Oh, wow. my gosh. Okay, like, so year.
2: Then, right, okay. so what, Flash what happened in that year? Okay. So in December of 2012, I was at my best girlfriend's house. We were having a sleepover. They were going to go eat their Christmas tree with her uh, boyfriend. We watched the entire season of girls. Cause it was like, just come out. Oh yeah. I did that too. We drank and yeah. ate snacks and I gave her my credit card and I handed it to her. And I said, she's a good writer. I said, here you go. Do it one more time. Three months, sign me up for match. You do the whole profile. I'm not going to do it. Just say the words. It's December. I will do it December, January. No, I'll do it January, February, March. And this is, I, because the winter I can focus on other things other than weddings and work and planning. Right. And I go, and I said to her, if you do this, I will make it a job. And I will, oh my I, will I will, I will go out with anybody that like seems reasonable. I right. won't like judge. I won't, if like you said um, political affiliation, whatever, I'm like, I'm just going to keep it an open mind and I'm going to treat it like a job. Yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead. Brooke. I'm trying,
0: I have so many questions about, <laughs> <So do I>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which one is the one to ask on this. All right. So she created your profile. So you handed her the credit card. She wrote everything. Was she managing dates for you or were no. you like once she did yeah. it, you took over and were yeah. doing the messaging and all that.
2: Okay. She was just okay. the push I needed. She was the friend and I needed it. after I joked about it. I said, I was thinking about the, the things that are like this whole process. It's frogs, friendship and future because I kissed all these frogs. Mm. I needed my friend writing that down. to like, push me, right? To find my yeah. future. Dear Katie, mm. is that the love name that. of your memoir?
1: Frogs, <laughs> <I love laughs> friendship and future. I love that so much. New York Times. I, I think there's a book in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. So Katie, how old were you at this point? I was 35. Okay. And what was it that pushed you to do this one more time? Like what, what sparked you giving her your credit card and saying, you know what, I'm committing right now to three months, but that's it. Like what so, was that spark?
2: So the October prior to that December, so October, November, December, so two or three months prior was when Colorado fella broke up with me. Mm. And I was like, okay, I get it. It wasn't who know. I mean, it was like when you when I broke up. Is then I was like, what was I thinking? It was going to turn into right? Like, yeah, you're not living in Colorado. You yeah, have a I'm business. not living in Colorado. He's yeah. not coming here. Like, whatever. So, um, I think what it was was getting to the point where, again, the the longer I got in my life, the more people were finding their someones, and I knew that I didn't I didn't have time to go out to bars. I didn't have time to like yeah. do a lot of extracurricular activities that I was allowed to meet other people that were single. And as you guys know. Obviously, in the capital region, there is only so much to choose from. Um, and Mm -hmm. if you don't have help, like what you provide, in my opinion, I think it can be very discouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, so finally, I was just like, you know what, I had to do it, and I did it, guys. I went on so many dates and I had so many rules. I was like, I always was like, we're just gonna meet for a drink, and if it doesn't go well. I literally that night was like, sorry, not interested. I either texted mm-hmm. or even at the end of the date, I was like, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not going to lead anyone on. I don't have time for this. I put my, my plan in place and it worked. <laughs> wow. So where
0: in the, t- the time frame did your meet cute
2: online with Nate fall? Okay. So <laughs> this is great too. <laughs> uh, started in J- december january i think i like met this guy we were sort of like dating off again on again like january february he wanted to take me to valentine's dinner like two weeks before valentine's day i was like not feeling it and what I does felt- that even mean like i just he I was no not- but he oh. wants to take you to valentine's dinner two weeks before valentine's day why oh no no sorry sorry i meant that like about two weeks prior to Valentine's Day, I was, like, this oh, guy. Oh, friend. oh, oh, okay. Sorry. okay. He was trying to lock you in. And like, yeah. Hey, and I'm, like, this is a lock little in fat. That. Like, I was very, like, I was always take it slow. I never wanted to, like, I always, like, I didn't want to, like, in Valentine's Day, like, we had only been dating, like, a couple weeks. So, I'm, like, I don't want this to be a big deal. Like, whatever. So, of course, I'm me, as most women, I think, do. They just were, like, all right, we'll go. We'll see how it goes. Give it another chance. We'll see if it's better. Right. It was not at all. Mm-hmm. Um. So, sadly... Um, you know, and this isn't, I'm not trying to not sat, whatever I can say this, but like he was very into me. I was less into him. Mm -hmm. So December, January, February, March, my subscription was up. Okay. So like March 19th or 20th or something, my subscription was going to expire. I had done my three months. I had done all of the things. The end of the relationship with the guy that wanted to take me to Valentine's day was kind of weird and kind of creepy. Mm. um, just weird, like long handwritten notes and just stuff that like, I was like, okay, like, sorry, dude. Like, I don't I'm not into you and it's okay. And right. move along. So I was like, I tried my best. I'm done. She, I literally called the same girl, same girl. I was sick on the couch in my apartment by myself. And I called her, I go, I gave it my best. Can I be done? She's like, yes. I'm like, can I go on and cancel my subscription? I had to ask her. Cause I was like, I tried. She's like, you did. Right, you tried. Right. That's okay. The validation. Sometimes we need it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I go on, I go to cancel my subscription, check the email just in case because it's my last go around. I have an email from Nate and I have an email from a guy named Mike. Both looked promising. Nate's email was like, hey, I have a, future, I have a mutual friend that thinks we should meet. Check my profile out. Let me know what you think. So oh, I'm so wondering. redheads aren't so crazy now, are we? <laughs> <here later? laughs> exactly. And mind you ladies, I was on for three months. On the other side of the world, his sister convinced him to go on and that was his first email he sent. Shut
1: what? Up. Okay. fate. He sends fate.
2: me this email. I look at his profile. I look at his pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so fun. He looks like yeah. he loves his family. He looks like he travels. He looks like just a happy, good time guy, right. like a normal human, like someone that would right. be fun to have a drink with. So I go to him. Great. Yes. Interested, but I'm not going to be on here. Here's my cell phone if you want to get together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cause I was, I was still canceling. Yeah. I didn't care. Good Same right, thing yeah. with the other guy. Okay. Same to the other guy. I'm like, I'm not going to be on here. Here's my cell phone. If you want to get together. So I go off match completely. We meet Nate and I meet on March 19th. We have our first date. I also meet this other guy, Mike. So we go like, I'm dating them both. Nate got a third date. Mike didn't. Mm. Why? <laughs> because um that the, when I fell in love with Nate was our third date because he made me um our first date was this funny little like it was snowing it was March we tried to go to Milano because we both wanted to go somewhere like locally owned and small businessy mm-hmm. and it was close we ended up at Scarborough Scarborough's which I had never okay. been to and then the second date we went to the local in Saratoga because I had like a it was actually really cool I had to be in Saratoga for a meeting so he was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, why don't we do somewhere in Saratoga? Which was awesome to me. You know, he was coming to me to make it accommodating. And then he said I had to plan the third date. So I did a like tour to Troy, because I was obviously working in Troy at the time or had my business in Troy. So we went out and we had like Bacchus pizza. And then we went over to the confectionery and drank red wine. And like we talked about family. We talked about the importance of family. And it was then that I was like, Wow, I really, really love this guy. And Mike didn't get a third date. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. using you're using some strong words. So you were in love
2: on your third date. I mean, I probably didn't know it right then, but I Got felt it. it. Does that make sense? Like, I think you can feel it, but I didn't want to admit it because I missed take things slow. Of course. Right. And, uh, but <laughs> that's funny. Take things slow. So I want to hear more on, about that. Take things yeah. slow piece. Well,
0: definitely, this just... this episode is going to be longer than 30 minutes. I can <laughs> yeah. see already. So, um, please, Katie, well, continue. So, <laughs>
2: but what I, was, is I, that was a defense mechanism. That's all sure. that was like, we know that we all know that, right? Like, Oh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this. I'm going to take this. So I'm not going to act interested. I'm going to, it's not, even, I don't believe it's playing hard to get either. People say that, right? Like, Oh, you're just playing hard to get. No, it's, I just don't want to get hurt. Right. Right. I don't right. want to set myself up for somebody to like, Make me sad again.
0: Uh, You know, and Katie, I love that you said that because just to interject, even, even with my clients and I have the majority of my clients are female on the the dating coaching side. Mm -hmm. And everybody has, like you just said, a lot of rules, a lot of not this until then, or they're a stranger until this. And, and even for myself, I feel like you do, you try to categorize or when you're going out with lots of people and it's really hard. And I have been hurt many times, as many of us have. And one of the things, I actually just had a, a, an appointment with my coach today, and I said, you know, I never want to lose the fact of, of being hopeful and optimistic and letting myself get hurt, because that's what it is. It's that vulnerability to put yourself out there to do it. And it sucks, because you will get hurt. That's, that's kind of the game. Mm-hmm. But you will never experience the magic unless okay. you let yourself be open right. to that. And that to me, like everything you're saying feels like an example of exactly why I, I say that and why I, I work, even when I feel, when I feel hurt, when I feel down, when I feel disappointed,
2: why I keep going. Mm-hmm. It's so true. You guys have to know that I true I really, truly believe there's someone for everyone. Ooh. And it, it's not yeah. on, it's not on anyone's time frame. It's not on, I have to do this by the time I'm 32, by this, by the time I'm 30, this by the time I'm this, like. I have seen many wonderful, beautiful relationships at all different ages and times of life. Um, that was
0: actually a question I wanted to ask you, Katie. Like, so you have you have your love story, which is incredible. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. But you see also so many love stories. Not at, you know, I think sometimes people think of a wedding as like a culmination, but a wedding is really just the beginning. What do you think is the greatest and there might be more than one. So don't confine yourself to one, but what are some of the greatest things you've, you've learned or greatest things you've, you've seen embodied between your, your own story and the couples that you work with?
2: I think what it is, is when you seek, and again, let's be honest, I do over 30 weddings a year and not every single wedding and every single relationship is the poster child for a healthy relationship. Um, People are getting married and maybe not all of them belong together and they're getting married for the wrong reasons. And I can't, I can't like be Susie sunshine and not tell you that because it's the truth. Yeah. But what I can say is that I know that marriage is a one marriage or a relationship, whatever it is, is a partnership. And when the day is done, you have to know that that person is your partner in all things. They're your teammate. There's somebody that will look out for you, that will have your back, that is going to fight for you, that is cares about you as a human and an individual in all aspects of your life that's going to support you, that's going to care for you, that's going to be there for you at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, no matter what personality is showing that day. And it's about knowing that everything in this world, friendships and work and, and anything that is the outside factors, you can always go back to that person and feel safe. And that's where I feel and have fun and have fun with that person. And that's what I feel like people settle a lot and they don't have that. Totally. And that's why I was like, I will never settle. I was at that point where I was like, I'm good. I'm a great auntie. I'm a great daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I'm all these things. If I don't find somebody, my life is still full.
1: Right. Man, I'm like on the verge of tears. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I feel like I'm on the verge of tears because recently on a date I was asked, you know what I look for in a partner and it has taken me a long time to come to this answer but how I answered was a teammate right like yeah. I grew up playing sports and sports were so important to building the person I am today and I'm like what am I actually looking for in a, in a partner in a life partner and that's a teammate yeah. and so I love how I love how you really capitalized on that and I hope that everybody who is listening doesn't settle unless they find that person.
0: Please it's so don't. true. And <laughs> even going back to like what we were talking about today, right before we, we brought you on and, and that book that I just read, like mm-hmm. I think we we do. And it, it makes it easier because dating online, especially in dating apps, it, but dating in general, it, it does feel like work for a lot of people. And and that's almost the first problem, right, is we have to remember that it can be fun yeah. and to inject some of that like fun and liveliness and optimism and hope and laughter into the dating equation. But particularly for those of you who are listening, who are dating online, the boxes we put people in, it's very difficult. And I think that goes for not just dating. I mean, this is kind of a societal problem without getting too deep right now. But I just really, that book hit me so hard because we judge people based on their own assessment of one word that goes on a dating profile. And who knows what it means to be conservative or progressive or liberal. And I, I get, I mean, people can come at me, I get that there's you know, things that are very important to people and they yeah. should be. Um, the the example that she uses in the book is like, um, is the smoking weed, right? Like the little leaf thing on hinge. Well, someone might say yes to that and have an edible while they're camping with friends and they just don't want to lie about the fact that sometimes yes. they smoke or whatever. And on another extreme, someone might be smoking weed every day. And And I was in a relationship, Katie, it, as you were talking about the person you lived with, It sparked a little like, oof, for me, and I've talked about it on the podcast, but I moved in with someone who, um, I didn't realize relied on that as much as he did. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I have a problem with that as a, an activity, but when there's an unhealthy relationship with it, that's problematic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but we don't know, you don't know that from a hinge profile.
2: No,
0: you kind of have to give, you know, it's, it's more work. You got to put in the time. You've got to invest in people and hope and trust that they're going to be a good person. But we don't know these things. I think we all need to maybe open up our parameters or open up our minds
2: just a little and give people a chance that maybe we
0: wouldn't normally.
2: Absolutely. And that's what I said about, you know, when I went back on before meeting Nate, I was open to a lot more than I ever had been. Yeah. I was also open to, all right, what's two hours or an hour out of my life this night? Maybe right. they're okay. I don't know. I was much less, I don't want to say selective, but I was a little more open-minded than I had been mm-hmm. in the previous, you know, go-arounds. And I think that's what helped me, to be honest. Like, I think it also made me stronger and got me to where I needed to be, where I was like ready to be like, wow, okay. I don't need to, you're good. We're good. <laughs> like, you're it.
0: <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And actually I love that too, because I do think that like the more experience you have, the ease, like the more I joke, and this sounds like a dirty, but like your picker, like it helps you refine yes. your picker, yes. your selector of people and you, you know how someone makes you feel the conversation that you have, the more experience, even, mm-hmm. you know, even if you only go on one date with you know, 30 people in whatever time frame. You're going to learn something if you're paying attention. You're going to learn something uh, from yes. every single one of those dates. Yes, exactly. But you do have to be paying attention.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I love. <laughs> <laughs> I, have
0: one, I, have,
1: I have one AirPod in. I'm listening to some new rap music. You know? Yeah, right?
0: Like, it's just a job at this point. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, you're asking but, them the same questions from the same clipboard and like just trying to check. Yeah, and I'm like, questions. I don't
1: remember who I asked what to, Yeah. to like, figure it out. Well, Katie, this has been a joy, honestly, and both Becky and I love and respect what you do so much. And you're an amazing person. And we're so grateful for all of the love you helped shine across the Capital Region. And we hope that you will come back on our podcast as as a follow-up, because I feel like we could talk for three hours, but we we do got to
2: cut it off at some point. I know. And I didn't get to gush about my amazing husband, you guys, because I will say, (gasps) if you don't don't Well, it's just that time. If you don't settle, it really is worth it. Like I really, I really kissed a lot of frogs and I sat in consultations with my clients and they're like, when you know, you know. And I was like, whatever, that's never gonna happen. And like, I've seen a lot of relationships. I've been witness to obviously a lot of friends that have been divorced or have, you know, made decisions they thought were right that turned out to be not right. And like, I just firmly believe that finding that person that is your partner um, and that is your teammate is so worth the wait. And I was, again, just remember, I just feel like this is like, I need to say this out loud and scream it from the rooftops. I was 35 years old, 35 years old when I met Nate. We met in March. We were engaged that August. We were married the next March. We have been blessed with two absolutely beautiful children and we do our days together. And we make it work and we commit to each other. We have the craziest schedules in the world. He travels a ton. I run a business. We have two kids, but like, we still date each other. We still make time for one another. And like, you have to have that. I feel like to have a foundation of like the future, it's forever. Marriage is forever. And sometimes I don't know if people right. always remember that. Right. And it's a commitment and it's not all sunshine and roses. He bugs the crap out of me and I make him crazy. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like he's mine and I'm his and they're ours and it's good. Oh. well, and as someone who's still in the
0: dating pool at 36, Katie going on 37. I appreciate that too, because I, I do think it, it gets tougher in your mid thirties. Um, whether it's the pool itself or the stories you tell yourself in your brain about what's left quote unquote in the dating pool or what's out there. Yeah. Um, so is just a very, that's a very inspirational place to, I think, wrap this episode, but man, we haven't even gotten into like couples that you've worked with. So oh we hope God. to bug you again
2: to come. Absolutely, It would be my pleasure. You guys, I hope, I hope that we can talk again. Cause you're just wonderful. And I'm so proud of all that you're doing. And I tell everyone like that. I am mad. I'm like, Oh, my matchmaker. <laughs> it's like, please reach out. Thank to them. you.
0: Well, and we're really hoping to snag some, you know, maybe tease a collaboration of like some in-person things perhaps that we can do in the capital region. So that would be so fun. Stay tuned for that listeners as well. <laughs> well guys, um, Actually, Katie, before we wrap, please tell our listeners and I will include links in the show notes as well, but where can people find you, follow you, get your sparkle?
2: Okay, all the sparkle can pretty much be found on any social media at KDO events. So, KDO events, events kdo events.com, KDO events on Instagram, KDO events on Facebook. You can find us. I am not a TikToker. I am so sorry. I do not have time for that. I keep trying, but like I I go on for a little bit and then I fail. And, Katie,
0: in terms of wedding planning regionally, how far out do you go for folks who might be interested? (sighs)
2: Thanks, that's a great question. Um, we travel anywhere. We have been as far as Napa, California, Santa Barbara. Um, we go in the Adirondacks, we do it out of the city. We'll go anywhere, honestly. Um, we love adventure, we love destinations, but we also really love being close to home. So Casey and I will um, you know, go anywhere and do anything, but we also do kind of just love being in our region and, and working with the vendors we love and, and sharing you know, their great talents with our couples. That gives me the warm and fuzzies because there's no two greater
0: Capital Region cheerleaders than Gabby and I, for sure, except maybe (laughs) you and Casey.
2: (laughs) I know. We like it too.
0: (laughs) Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Like, follow, share, review, all of the things on our platforms. And we'll see you next Thursday on Micropolitan Matchmakers. Bye, lovers. Bye, everyone.